Chapter Six of Pursuit by Lester Del Rey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. There were men with guns in the street. He'd heard two shots as he came down the stairs and had shoved Ellen behind him, but it was silent now. People with dazed, frightened faces were still darting into the houses, leaving the street to the men with the guns. Hawks marched forward grimly, perversely, stripped of fear even though he was sure some of the men out there were monsters and others were their dupes he tapped one of the men on the shoulder okay here i am the girl goes free the man spun around as if mounted on a ball bearing and pulled by strings the gun fell from his hand his emotion taut face loosened suddenly seemed to run like melted wax and congealed again in an expression of utter idiocy he gargled frothily and then screamed high and shrill like a tortured woman suddenly he was a lunging maniac tearing up the street now the others were running some toward cars some towards the corners running flat and desperately on the flat of their feet without any spring in their motions hawks jerked his eyes down toward the big gas storage tanks where most of them had been and the glow that had been in the corner of his vision was gone men seemed to be coming out of a trance they were breaking away forgetting about their guns and fleeing three men alone were left hawks ducked back into the hall of the apartment dragging ellen with him the glass of the door seemed somewhat dirty but it made a dim mirror he could see the slim young man and two others still there the two men darted into a waiting car and the leader turned up the street running smoothly toward the apartment house hawks could make no sense of it unless it was another of the seeming tricks designed to drive him out of his mind he had decided he was one of the rats in the maze that didn't go crazy the pressure could drive him somewhat mad but it couldn't keep him that way he didn't wait to see what had happened or whether the sirens that were sounding now were reinforcements for the men with guns or the police he didn't bother with the slim young man any more they'd apparently used their dupes to frighten out the people and then scared off the dupes the poor humans who didn't know what it was all about now two of the three were gone and the third monster was coming for him he'd escaped before but sooner or later they'd catch him once they were sure he wouldn't be driven insane or was this the beginning of insanity a delusion of power a feeling that he could escape he could never know if it was he had to assume that he was sane he crouched back behind the stairs while the young man in the gray tweeds dashed up them then he headed out into the street the siren was near now and tardily he realized that the siren might herald the coming of the real monsters it was as easy to look like a cop as any other human he jerked open the door of the nearest car pulled ellen in and kicked the motor to life he gunned away from the curb tossing it into second and twisted around the corner straight toward the siren that was nearest at the last minute he jerked into a side street to let the police car shoot by never run from a tiger run toward it it sometimes works and it's no worse the car was a big one and the motor purred smoothly he glanced down at the dash and frowned there was no key in the switch for a second he stared at it 
then grinned. He'd picked the monster's car, apparently. They'd done a neat job of duplicating, but they didn't need all the safeguards that humans used, and the switch had obviously been a dummy. He looked at the buttons on the dash, wondering what would make it levitate, but he had no desire to test it, nor to stay in an auto which could probably be traced so easily. He braked to a halt outside the subway and led Ellen down. We're down to the last hole, he told her, as the train pulled out of the station. How much money do you have? She shook her head and held up her arm. I left it, Will. They were beyond the last hole, then. He realized now that as long as they'd been in the crowded apartment house, filled with other humans, it had proved a tough nut to crack for the aliens. But on the move... Maybe we have a chance, he told her. If humans were after me, it'd be tough. But these things have to avoid the police. She looked at him, misery on her face. There are no aliens, Will. Those men you saw were FBI men. That's where I reported you. You? He stared at her, but she was serious. But there's nothing about me in the papers, Ellen. She pointed across the aisle, spread over two columns on the front page, an older picture of him showed plainly and even at a distance the heading was boldly legible hundred thousand dollar reward for this man he stared at the figure twice unbelieving he was no longer alone against a small group of humans or aliens now every living human on the face of the planet would be looking for him he could feel their hot breath on his neck feel eyes staring at him through the papers fear began to rise in him to be halted as the train ground to the new station. Ellen jerked him out, and he moved with her. It wasn't safe to be too long with one group, until they began to wonder and compare faces. But what? She shook her head. Nothing, Will. I don't know. What can we do? He'd been wondering while they moved quietly through the groups of people and up the stairs. There was no place left. He had about a dollar in change, and that would be of no use to them. They'd have to dig a hole in the ground and pull it over them. It jogged his memory, and he grabbed her hand and jerked open the door of a cab that was waiting for a light. He barked out an address, the corner of 10th Avenue and one of the streets below the 20s. The driver got into motion, not bothering to look back. The address was near enough to where Hawks wanted to be, an old warehouse with a loading platform. He'd played there as a kid, climbing back under it and digging holes down into the damp, soft earth, as kids have always done. He'd been by there since, and it had remained unchanged. Sooner or later the aliens would locate them, but it would give Ellen and him a chance to rest, perhaps long enough for him to waylay someone at night and steal enough for them to leave town. That wouldn't help much but it was all he had left to count on. He saw trucks loading there, as he paid the cab driver. His heart sank abruptly until he studied the way the big trailer was parked. If he watched carefully, he could slip under it from the side, and there was a chance he wouldn't be seen. He darted beneath it. Luck, for once, was with him as he drew Ellen under the trailer and the platform. The old opening was covered with rubble, but he scraped it aside and found the entrance barely big enough for them to wiggle through. Then they were back in a dark pocket under the back of the platform, 
barely big enough for them to sit upright. The hole had seemed bigger when he was a kid. Outside, he heard a boy's voice yelling, Monster attacks cops! Monster kills five cops! Extra! Paper! Now he was a monster to be shot on sight, probably. I shouldn't have brought you into this, Ellen, he said bitterly. I should have left you. You don't even know what's going on. You haven't the faintest idea. If it were just humans, as you think. She snuggled against him in the coldness of the little cave. Shh! I got you into it. I ratted on you, Scarface. But he couldn't reply to her attempted at humor. There was no fear now, not even the relief of fear. He felt brave for a few minutes back in the hallway of the apartment. Now the chips were down and sunk. They were here, in a dank hole, without food and without a chance, while all the world searched for him to kill him, and while still unknown aliens with unknown reasons played out their little game with consummate skill and would inevitably locate him. It might take them a day. They probably would do nothing to him until night came and the warehouse street was deserted. Ten more hours. If he only knew what they wanted of him, or why, if he could remember. He sat there, numbed within himself. Ellen leaned her head forward into his lap, and he began stroking her hair softly. He'd have liked to have a chance with her. One night wasn't enough for a whole life. He reached down to draw her face to his. Fear hit him as something rustled behind him. He tried to turn and look, but his neck refused. The fear grew to panic and swelled higher as the golden haze began to sweep over the little cave. Then his muscles snapped his head around sharply. The slim young man was crawling toward them, holding something that looked like a flashlight. Behind it, he could see the tense lips drawn back over clenched teeth. The man wasn't smiling now. He opened his mouth just as the thing like a flashlight sprang into light. No time seemed to elapse, but suddenly Ellen and the young man were both gone, and he sat in a dark hole, alone. He let out an animal cry and dashed out, crawling through the opening, and kicking the rubble back as he went. He slipped out and under the trailer, but there was no sign. They'd taken her and left him unconscious. He groaned, trying to figure. He'd always gone back to the same place to hide since he'd found it. They must expect him back there. They'd take Ellen there and wait for him, drugging her, changing her mind, setting her up to use against him. The first time hadn't worked, but they'd try again. It had to be that. If they hadn't taken her there, he had no way of finding her, and he had to find her. He began running down the street, forcing himself to believe she was there. Then he slowed. It would be no good to have them all notice him here on the street. Somebody might recognize him then. He turned around, walking back to the bus stop. There were still two dimes and a nickel in his pocket. He hunched down on the seat of the bus that seemed to crawl up 10th Avenue, but no one noticed him in the almost empty vehicle. He got off at 66th and forced himself to walk to West End, up that to the apartment house. Men were drawing up in cars, men with guns in their hand. He made a final dash for the apartment entrance. 
this must be the real show for which the other had been only a dress rehearsal to throw him off balance they could wait he fumbled with the lock until he finally got it open then he jumped in slamming the door shut behind him helen stood there and the creature that had assaulted him before was pawing at her but he had no time for the monster stay there he shouted at her you can't risk it outside now we've got to he saw she wasn't listening to him he had to get rid of the creature somehow if he could get it far enough away from her then they'd find some way to get outside without going out through the entrance the creature sprang at him awkwardly his arm darted down to catch one shoulder and his right hand swung back and up there was a savage satisfaction in seeing the creature crumble Helen's voice reached him will will before i go crazy you're free he told her go down the fire escape and leave that here i'll get rid of them out front somehow he shut the door again and went down the words had sounded brave enough but there had been no courage behind them fear still rode him like the little golden haze that again hovered over him showing they had spotted him he walked out with it thick around him rising slowly in temperature they had him but ellen might get away he walked down the steps his hands up they drew back surprise and something else on their features their eyes on the haze that surrounded him they were shouting but he couldn't hear the words over the shrieks of people along the street rushing inside or trying to drag their kids to safety hawks doubled his legs under him and leapt he was still attacking the tiger the slim young man down by the big gas storage tanks directing the new crop of human dupes his charge carried him there while the young man slipped aside then someone fired a gun he heard the young man yell hoarsely no shooting stop it damn it no shooting they weren't paying any attention to the shouts bullets ticked against the tanks hawks ducked frantically physical fear knotting his stomach suddenly he seemed to jerk upwards to find himself suspended in mid-air fifty feet off the ground just above the tanks he stared down at the men dizzy with the height but no longer surprised by anything they were pointing their guns upward while the young man leapt about among them bullets were splatting out though none came near hawks they seemed to ricochet off the air a few feet in front of him the slim young man drew back and now the rubble and stones along the street began to lift and to drive savagely at the attackers a gale swept along the street though hawks could feel no breath of air and the force of it was enough to knock most of them down they got up and began running dashing away from the super science that the young man now seemed bent on turning against his own troop of dupes now that they were out of control hawks came drifting downward he started to cry out in fear until he noticed that the ground was coming up to him slowly and that he was slipping sideways he landed on a street back of the tanks as gently as a feather surprisingly everyone was gone when he risked a glance back at the scene of the fight with the back of the slim young man just darting into the apartment house then hawks cursed 
as the creature came darting out with Ellen behind him, to leap into the car and drive off. The sound of sirens grew louder, and a police car swung into West End. Hawks straightened up slowly as it hit him. It had been the same scene he'd gone through before that morning, but with himself in the middle. He shot a glance at the sun, to see it still in the east, though his memory of the day indicated that it should have been afternoon. Time. They twisted him back through time. The weapon that looked like a flashlight must have tossed him hours backwards, instead of knocking him out. He'd been attacking himself there in the hallway of his apartment. He'd knocked himself out. And the fight that he had just come through was the same fight that he had seen come to its end before. Now his younger self and Ellen must be just fleeing toward the hideout under the loading platform, with the slim young man still following. If he could get there in time, before the man could run off with Ellen. The End of Chapter 6 of Pursuit by Lester Del Rey